What is going on, everybody? Thank you for coming again to another session of Awaken Your Relationships. Why? Because many of us over this last year have found ourselves in relationships that don't really serve us. And, um, or they're going to up level, or we're all growing. We're all being shown. Um, the, the beauty of this last year has been about the fact that you've had to look at your stuff. Like there's no other way around it. And um, Tanya and Rita are joining me uh, to, to talk about this because the kids matter too. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes looking at this last year is like thinking of putting lipstick on a pig. You know, you, <laughs> you know the only option you have is to keep trying to be like, hey, what a great opportunity to grow. I'm so excited about this. Isn't this fun? Right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been rough. And, um, you know, it's interesting for me and and I, I don't know if you ladies have experienced this, but it's like this onion that has been peeling. Right. And just when you think you got to the, to the core and you, you, you're past it and you're at that next level, then it peels itself back another layer. And what I found, what I, what I found is as I keep doing deeper and deeper healing work, the awareness goes from self and it starts to expand out. And we start looking at bigger and bigger issues to work with around the world because, you know, the problems aren't changing. We're just, as we, as we get more aligned with ourselves, make better, we're, we're more in tune to the higher consciousness and the, and the higher vibration of what's going on around the world. Yeah, that is so true. And I think um, one of the things for me in particular is that I just, you know, as that level of consciousness raises, I have less tolerance for what isn't in alignment or authentic for me. And then I'm also watching my children do the same thing. And, but wow, their, their view and their hour, you know, their, their eyeglass that they're looking through is definitely not my hourglass. So it's what are you really seeing that's going on? What are you seeing that's going on with your family? You said some stuff was happening with your family this week. So so when, I know I'm, do I ever have a loss for words? I think I have a loss for words. I know, this is kind <laughs> of surprising. You're, you're processing through as we, as we, okay. speak. we may have to, we may oh. have to regulate a few times. Do my havening. Ah, yes, let's, you know, yes, let's all do it together. So let's, let's, let's teach Tanya how to do this. Okay, so yeah. Tanya, yes. the way you can get your body out of fight or flight, which in fight or flight is when your body's shut down, all the resources are going towards how do I get the hell out of this situation? And your digestion shuts down and your blood vessels narrow, you know, so that you can get blood faster to your heart. And, uh, you know, you're primed for that. Right. It, it takes intentional effort in order to take ourselves out of that space of, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening to me, to everything's going to be okay. And they've discovered over the last 10, 15 years that you can do it directly through the body. In the past, they thought you had to go through the, bri- the brain and the mind, and then you had to listen to your own stories for, you know, 20 years until you got sick of them and finally said, okay, I'm done. They're dead or, you know, whatever it's moved on. 
but we've discovered that you can go directly to the body and you don't have to hold on to the stories. And so when, um, when you make that intentional choice to go from, oh no, to it's going to be okay by physically doing something, it reverses the trauma that you've been carrying. It literally physically reverses it in your brain and in your body. So many times when I'm talking to people, I don't want to hear the story because the, ter- the story may take like 45 minutes. And in reality, we can have the healing happen in seconds. And one of the best tools that I've discovered uh, is called havening. And it's a high level uh, PTSD tool. And havening is simply stroking your arms or stroking your skin or your face or your hands because that physical movement flips that rusty switch from fight flight primal reptilian brain to whole self aligned heart, you know, heart, brain, and gut intuitively. So frequently I'll stop people and we'll do havening or we'll do something else. So that's what we're doing. So instead of Julie being like, oh no, and then sitting in her, the philosophy with 12 step program was you have to sit in your stuff mm-hmm. and that could take forever. Right. This, this approach that they've discovered with body mind work is that you can do it like in seconds awesome. instead of, okay. yeah, instead of forever. Any okay. kind of trauma so, addressing hack, uh, I, I approve. <laughs> these are, these are right? great. Yep, these yeah, are great. Of course. Okay. Okay, so give yourself a number as to level of tension, resistance, anxiety, depression, disassociation, whatever it is, zero to 10. You got it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What's your number, Julie? Oh, I'm 10. Right now, I okay. am 10. What's your number, Tanya? I'm, a, I'm a feeling a little more on the chill, calm side. So I would say like a five. Okay, cool. Think of something that might be reactive. So let, Julie, let's actually hear your story so we can get oh. Tanya, we can get Tanya triggered. No, okay. no I, have, I have plenty. I have plenty. <laughs> no, so plenty um, you're going to hear. So I, uh, so those of you who don't know my story, but I'm not going to go into my story because we don't want to talk, we don't want to talk about what is the past. Right. Pretty much, I have an ex-husband that um, is, Rita has helped me understand, narcissistic with borderline personality disorder. Oh. Mm-hmm. So my whole job is, is to hold extremely strong boundaries. And I've gotten to a place where I have been holding very strong boundaries um, because of the incidences that have occurred has helped me build the muscle to really go to a place of extreme self-love and extreme self-care. And I finally, cause I couldn't figure out how to manage four children and only talk through a divorce software. Well, now that's not even a problem because it's gotten to a place where I'm like, you have no access to me, none. Right. Yeah. And um, so the incident that occurred, so I have been really good. like. He will take my kids' cell phones when I'm talking to my children when they're at their house because he wants access to me, to talk to me. I he see. Will, wow. And this happened this past week. I was, I, my, my kids are now, now he's at a point where he's asking if he can. And, my, and I tell my children, no, just tell dad to put in the software. 
So, so things escalate, right? So as things escalate, we have a parenting agreement that was designed by him partially on kids' birthdays. He didn't want joint birthday parties for our kids. So every other year, each of us get to invite the school friends. Well, this is my year to have my daughter's birthday party with her friends from school. And I woke up to an email this morning from one of the parents at school saying, so sorry, I can't attend the birthday party at this weekend at Bridget's um, with my daughter. He invited all the school friends to his house while my daughter was sitting there not making a decision with me as to her. This is good live, huh? You're okay. You're doing great. So my daughter didn't know how to communicate to me that she was making this whole plan at her dad's house for her birthday party. And, um, and I'm just at a point where it's like, I am really clear. I am not supposed to fight. I am really clear mm -hmm. that I need to accept everything that arises in my life. Because if you don't, you suffer. Yep, agreed. But the mental and emotional manipulation and abuse is off the charts. And this is all about him wanting energy and access and control mm -hmm. of me. And I am so clear on all those levels. And, okay. you know, I shared this story. I want to tell people who are watching this. I share this mm -hmm. because... I know there are volumes of women, volumes that are either not holding these boundaries and, and it is not easy. I keep asking, you know, whatever you call it, God or spirit, the universe, why am I giving these things? I know I'm giving these um, experiences to share this, to help other women build the muscle because I am tough as nails. I can you know, blow through everything. So this is where, you know, and a lot of people would sit there and say, Jewel, it's just a birthday party. Who cares? But when your daughter's communion dress is bought behind your back and you miss out on that experience and you miss out on your kids' birthday parties, on top of the fact that you're already missing half of their lives anyway, yeah. there's a lot of layers there, a lot of layers. And so it's just me being the greatest version of myself, regardless of these circumstances that are coming up and then how to not repeat the story from the past and stay in my power and move forward. Yep. So it has been very interesting to me that if we all can trust, it has been very, very interesting that when you stand in your power, like I have, and when you continue to hold strong, self-loving and self-caring boundaries, then what actually happens energetically, you stop absorbing the other person's that's right. stuff that's going on inside them. Mm -hmm. And then the stuff actually starts showing up in their house, what they're accusing you of. And this has been fascinating to me. Wow. Like, and, and people who've been watching know that my ex-husband had a lawsuit filed against me last June for child abuse for taking my kids on vacation to Sedona, Arizona, 
while the riots were going on here in Chicago, that that was an unfit parent thing to do during the pandemic. Seven weeks later, my son, my five-year-old, was sexually molested by his girlfriend's daughter in his home. So the abuse showed up in his house, yet he filed a lawsuit against me for abuse. And that's really, really extreme. And it's not going to show up for everybody in that extreme of cases. Yeah. But I have now noticed that every time I hold those really strong boundaries, then it shows up in his place because he's having to actually live in what he's creating. Yeah. And I can give you 10 more examples of that exact same thing happening. And this is what we don't understand when we're in these relationships and particularly because the kids, Yotani, to your point, the kids have the trauma. They're the ones sitting in the trauma. So it's like, no, 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 we're not going to have these be traumatic events for the right. kids. We're going to have them be points of growth. And Rita has helped me immensely coach me in terms of how do we turn these incidences into growth moments for my kids? Yep, because I am their mom and he is their dad. Mm -hmm. And we both came to our marriage in wounded places. We both did. We both had childhood events that were wounded, which many of us do. Yep. And, um, but it's about how do we all get to a healing path? How do we all get to this place? Yep. And it has been quite a road. So Rita, when you're asking me what my trigger is, that was my trigger. I literally sat in Whole Foods parking lot this morning going, do I send this to the attorneys? Do I not send this to attorneys? Because I don't want to go down the same path, but yet I also want to hold extremely strong boundaries going, it's not okay. This manipulation is not okay. It's mental and emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. And it's time for it to come to a healing place for yeah. everybody involved. Yes. And so, yeah. so yeah. And it's interesting. So let's, to let's and I had said, I had, if I could say one more thing, yes. you know, I want to share with everybody that earlier, um, we had talked about that the courts actually recognize physical abuse, but they don't on the mental and emotional. And I think that is more tragic to the children. Not more, but it's just as tragic mm -hmm. as the physical. Interesting. And we yeah. as society don't recognize that. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to. Oh. I think we need to as a society. Because yeah. I think they're, they're all patterns and trauma yeah. for children. Julie and this is the pattern interrupt. I chose to get divorced because... I wanted to stop that patterning. And this is even from my perspective of how I am showing up in the world. Because if I don't show up different, I'm going to keep having the same patterns. I'm going to still date the same guys that are doing the same patterns to my kids. I, I have walked into, I have heard so many stories of women who then go into relationship after divorce and the kids, the grown kids go, oh my God, my stepdad was, oh my God. And it was because mom married the same dude. Yeah. yeah. Right. Totally. And so we as parents need to show up differently if we want a different outcome and be conscious of that. And this is all, you know, this is why we're doing part two, right? Because the kids matter. 
Oh yeah. And, and I like, don't want to interrupt your flow, but I just, something comes up for me, Julie, um, in terms of your comment about the courts and like what, what they recognize for children. Here's what I do know based on um, personal and just through friends who've survived a lot and have been in similar shoes like yours is that there's still so much room to improve upon in general, like the court system, the state level organizations that are available, um, police departments are all trained differently to understand what abuse looks like towards children. Like they're not everything's on an even playing field across different states, different counties. And it is heartbreaking because there's so much education that's still needed to help all these people of influence that are making decisions on behalf of families to understand the impact on our children. So my heart goes out to a lot of other moms that um, have come to me for strength also, like you, Julie, um, that might not have the financial resources to fight it, might not have the emotional energy um, you know, to keep showing up at court with all these manipulations and changing the schedule for these types of trickery that's going on with you behind their back and putting the kids in terrible positions. So I commend you for being this incredible example to so many women of these concepts that are not easy to, to, to grasp. Like for me, one of my keywords from 2020 was acceptance. The minute I started accepting people for who they are, for betrayal that they have caused in my life, huge shift for me personally. Like it wasn't even, it's not even like grudge holding. It was just acceptance. And that has freed me so much in so many areas. Now I'm able to turn that around within 24 hours. Something happened with a friend, the long story Friday. It was like a slap in the face. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't expect this. Oh, <laughs> and I had to just gauge like, do I hold on to this? No. And that was like, oh, she's, this is who she is. And I need to just accept and like I, my acceptance pivot, freedom. And the second thing I want to weigh in because I don't want to lose this momentum with this, this topic is um, I strongly believe, because I'm living this with my own child, that the kids who, who are surviving these things, Julie, um, we're doing them such a great service of being the kind of parents that we're being with communicating. Um, my husband and I are aligned. We're like, kids are going to go through hard stuff. Look at us as adults. We know so much about people's childhoods and if we can give them the tools. Totally. Like, oh my gosh. Like the things I'll say to my kid is like the things that you're learning right now. I'm like, you're going to be ahead of all of, all of your friends. By the time you get to college, <laughs> you're going to be teaching them what to do and how to handle stress, worry, you know, all yeah. these things. So it's so hard to see them going through this stuff now, but think of what an amazing mom you're being through being like seeing what it for what it is and like helping your kids go through it. And by being kind of the bigger person, you're also being a great model for them of right. how to handle, okay, well, your dad decided to pull some tricks on me. Um, we're going to do something special, you know, and you're just going to have to like, right. Woo! Yep. yep. That happened, you know? <laughs> That's a great way to say it. Oh, that happened. You know, that's true. You know, one of my teachers, Panash Desai, I did one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions with him for four years. And um, he said, he would always say, if you don't accept everything that arises in your life, then you suffer. Yes. And I know this morning when I was sitting there in the Whole Foods parking lot going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I was just like, well, I have to accept that this is the reality right? Except yeah. on, okay, but also hold healthy, strong boundaries. Of course. 
And, um, and that, that's a delicate balance. Agreed. It's a very delicate balance. It is. It's and like, it's hard to get you. there when your body's shut down, you know, because emotions are physical and because they're physical, they'll make you feel, they'll make your stomach sick. They'll tighten up your abdomen. They'll give you headaches. They'll make your back hurt. You'll feel like you're carrying a thousand pounds of weight on you. Mm. And if you don't choose to love yourself enough, I actually wrote down a phrase about four core boundaries. And they're compassion, opportunity, respect, and excitement, where you care enough about yourself to be able to take advantage of opportunities and respect your right to be happy. Can you say them one more time? I'm taking notes <laughs> while I'm on. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Me too. I started writing. I grabbed my pen. So I bet everybody else is writing them down too. Yeah, yeah. These are good. This is a sign from the universe. Oh, You're out. Yeah. 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 What are these readouts? So they're, they're the four core boundaries. Okay. And they're compassion, opportunity, respect, and excitement. It, it means that it, when you care enough about yourself, to take advantage of opportunities and respect your right to be happy. We spend so much of our lives worrying about other people, which means that we're operating on like 20% capacity. And what we're supposed to do is be operating at 150% capacity, constantly growing and evolving but what happens is our emotional baggage that we carry, whatever it is, because trauma is trauma, no matter what it is. Right. That emotional baggage physically keeps us in place. So I was nervous about this call this morning because I know we're going to be able to get this message out to so many people. And this, you know, this stuff's important to all of us. So I had my strong women music on and I'm dancing and I'm smelling my sage and I'm, you know, and I'm drinking my chamomile tea and um, I'm dancing around the room and I'm, because that's how we choose love. Yep. But we have to choose love for ourselves first, not after we've been suffering. We have to literally take our bodies like you in the parking lot and say, great, I've been triggered. I can stop it now. What do I want to do? Do I want to go driving? Do I want to go play well, racquetball? Can I answer that? Yeah. So, um, so what happened to me is what I keep coming back to is that instead of playing, so what I would do a few years ago is I would then fight, right? I'd be like, I go on defense and I'm going to fight. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Today, what happened and what's been happening a lot going, okay, I have to be me. It doesn't, it, this I have to not respond in this version that wasn't me at the end of my marriage because I was responding in anger and rage. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 I need to go be me. And what do I want to be? Um, this is my daughter's 10th birthday this Saturday. Oh, and you know what? Oh. I, she asked for sushi and her lunch tomorrow. So I walked into Whole Foods and I was me. I'm like, I want to be the mom that's like, Yes, you can have sushi at lunch. And it's funny, I'm one of 12 kids. There's no way in hell we got sushi in our lunches when we were kids. Right, but, exactly. Oh my yeah, God, it you. makes her giggle. And that's, I want to make her birthday, you know, be as great and happy and memorable for her in a good way. And it's like, even if it's the little things like mom got you sushi for your lunch, right? Oh, and and oh. then, right. I've and got so, a great balloon place for you too, Julie. Let's go. <laughs> 
my daughter turns nine in next week. So 10's like, I've got a big, like, this is my marketing background, like campaign idea for double digits. Happy to give you some more ideas after the live. Yeah. You guys are hilarious. But see, that's what it is, is like, don't play the game of the other person. Yeah. Play your game and your script and your authenticity and your heart. Yep. And I have learned that. And what it does is it pulls you out of the patterning of the, you know, the thing that keeps the drama and the, the traumatic patterns keep going. Yeah. And because I, I'm not naturally a fighter. I'm not, my circumstances taught me how to be a scrapper and, you know, get out of a house of 11 children wow. and create a business. Like it served me very well for that part, but it, to grow and to expand those survival techniques that every single one of us who have had a traumatic event don't serve us to grow into the amazing version that you are. It's and I watched yesterday, one of my daughters had an incident and she was just like, I'm not enough. I'm not this. And she was just beating herself. I go, I don't know. You're my daughter and you came out of my womb and I'm enough. That automatically makes you enough. So how, what? This is about you just finding your voice and finding your power. And, and I was so proud of her. She was literally there shaking as she was addressing a conversation with somebody and she was terrified to, to, to confront this person. And I'm like, girl, you've got, to, I said, when are you going to decide to stand in your power? Don't be the victim and confront that conversation. And she walked in my room at nine o'clock at night. It was almost nine o'clock at night. And she goes, mom, I'm ready to have that conversation. I'm like, let's give them a call. So we got on the phone and had that conversation. It was beautiful because then she went to her place of empowerment so she could be authentic and, and speak what was true for her. And it was beautiful how the other person then was authentic as well. And it was this beautiful healing thing. And I was like, going, this stuff's magic. Yeah. 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 yeah I've rolled that- with my daughter. Like we've had, like when she was very timid and now she's grown into this like strong little girl and understands the concept of using your voice. And um, when I was coaching her, because this like bullying and these strong personalities come out so young in these kids, I couldn't believe it when it got started. Four at Montessori, then kindergarten, it was full on. And um, I'm just like this mom warrior. I get this from my mom and it got passed down to me and now with my daughter. And I'm just like, like you, Julie, I'm like, well, you're my daughter. (laughs) I'm going to teach you how to use your voice. And then we would role play it. And right. I'd be like, what are you going to say to me in the school grounds? You know, <laughs> what are you going to say to her? And then now it just comes so naturally. And she comes home and like reports like, mom, like he was trying to embarrass me. And this is what I said on Zoom. And I was like, great. You know, like. Isn't that amazing? Go get it, girl. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Rita, jump in. Oh, no, I really don't care. I love, I, what <laughs> do you guys want to know from here, from me? How can I help either of you right now? to quantum speed, move through anything that's, that's, that's coming up for you. Because when we do things together, when we regulate together, it's more powerful. I see. Yeah, because it's all energy. Yeah, so this could be a great healing for, for everybody. So what do you need from me? How can I help? Hmm. What keeps popping in my head is, is about... We're, we're talking about it. it's about the voice it's like 
standing in that place of empowerment and having your voice. And often we don't do that because we're having these physiological reactions in our body. Yes, your chest is tight. Yeah, it's like, how do you find your voice? Like, I think of my daughter yesterday. She's like quivering, right? She's like quivering, upset because she, she, like, she wanted to say something, but she didn't know how to say something because it was a very strong personality on the other side. And, you know, it's like, how do you do that when your body's like having that physical reaction? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can totally help you through that. And, and you can coach her through that. So when our body's having that physical reaction, the only responsible thing to do is to get yourself back into a level place. And you can do it through body-mind hacks. I do it anymore through dancing and smells. But, but the key is the timing. You don't suffer like Panache Desai would tell you. You trigger, but don't suffer. You trigger and then immediately um, short circuit because any story that we come up in our head is just us making something up about reality. And so in order for us to do the things which are scary, we have to get rid of the scary stuff. We have to get rid of our body fighting us. And trauma, of, as you know, for decades, Julie, Trauma hides in your brain and Ugh. controls your decisions. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the other day, I'm a part of a large coaching program, um, year-long coaching program with Evan Pagan. He's just amazing. And I, on Sunday, I'd had an altercation, or, or I was called in unexpectedly to someone's um, uh, crisis situation. Mm. And so I'm on the phone and they're barricaded in their room and screaming at the cops and, and, and I'm on the phone with them doing what I do, which is just staying level and trying to regulate the whole thing. But I developed stress after that, but it was good because she was pushing a button in me. And so I was able to do some clearing and some coaching around it. And one of the things that came up was oh my God, I think only desperate women will work with me. <laughs> only people who have borderline personalities will work with me. Mm-hmm. But that was a deep fear that I had from my own abuse when I was a child at four years old. So as Julie and I have talked, these things, they affect our money, they affect our relationships, they affect our jobs, they affect our education ability. They affect every other layer of our life if we don't reverse the trauma as fast as possible. So one of the tools is havening. So pick something in your mind. It's a four-step process. And I've been writing this down too because I've been trying to get it really, um, really well defined. It is, see if I can find it. It is pause, reset, radiate and then reveal so pause is where you recognize that you're triggered or you have resistance so you got to pause even if you want to scream back or yell back or point fingers or whatever you need to pause and decide you want something different for your life just like you did julie Mm -hmm. 90 percent of other women in your position would have broken down, called the lawyer, turn, you know, their lives would have been complete suffering. 
but you only need to trigger for a second. So you pause and then you regulate. So we're gonna haven together. And when you regulate, you pick a number zero to 10 about what your stress level is. And then we're gonna stroke our arms 20 times. So I'll lead. Everybody ready? Got a number in your yeah. head about where you're at? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Okay, where are you at? It's very funny. Right around eight and nine is always when I can finally take a deep breath again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it's about 10. Yeah, for me, it's about the 10th the one. And what this does is it, in your brain, they, they had this great, ex not great experiment. When they didn't know what else to do when people were having grand mal seizures, they cut the corpus callosum and divided the brain in half in order to stop the seizures. And they said, well, we got to figure out, we might as well take advantage of this. These people have their brains divided. So um, I know, right? It's like, well, who would plan this? But if you're going to do it, I guess we better learn something. So um, one of the experiments they did was they covered one eye and they handed them an umbrella and said, here's an umbrella. It's part of the experiment that we're doing. They said, okay. Then they switched eyes, covered the other eye, and they said, why do you have an umbrella? And the people would say things like, well, I thought it might rain today and I wanted to be prepared. Or I've been feeling a little unsteady and I wanted something that gave me a little bit more support. The brain is designed to come up with a story around to explain why we feel, why something is happening. But the mm -hmm. stories are really our own. And right. we create them when we're kids that we're not enough, that we're not lovable, that only disgusting people like us that will never be good enough, that we're broken. You know, I didn't tell anybody about my abuse until my teens and the original incident happened at four. And the reason being is because I didn't want everyone to think that I was broken, that there was something wrong with me. I didn't right. want them to make it worse and feel sorry for me. So we have these core beliefs. And then as life goes on, we keep you know, trying to figure them out, we keep triggering, we keep telling ourselves the same umbrella story that I'm bringing it with it because I'm unsteady. And then enough time goes by and you actually are unsteady because you're always leaning on the umbrella. If that makes any sense. So we enable ourselves, we, we make ourselves miserable physically because we're emotionally not feeling good and we're not bringing ourselves back to the place of joy. And things like havening intentionally, things like creating intentional environments that keep us regulated and out of fight or flight is how we solve our problems. 
you can never solve anything in fight or flight. You can just run or punch somebody in the face or lift a car, you know, off of a child. That's about it. Yeah, mama bear. The gentleman I do Awaken Your Spirit with always calls it mama bear. Like the mama bear mm-hmm. comes out like, <laughs> Right. You can do anything. Oh, absolutely. But we're, only, we're supposed to only be in that space 20% of the time. Mm. But most people are in that space about 80% of the time. And the reason is, is they don't know they're supposed to choose self-love first. Hmm. Instead, we get distracted about what our ex-husband is doing. What is he doing? Right. What is my kid doing? How are they acting out? What yeah. is the teacher doing? What are the politicians yeah. doing? What are all of them doing? Keeping us in this imagined story about an umbrella and why we have the umbrella. Mm-hmm. That can take a long time to get through all those stories. to get through all those layers you can go directly to the body through something like hazing or dancing so you pause you realize you want to do something different you um, reset your nervous system by hazing or dancing then you radiate it out so like this call that we're doing today we're radiating out our love to people love Feeling emotion is a physical wave that is measurable. And some people like me, I'm a radio antenna that I send my messages out further and I tend to be more sensitive to other people's messages. When you radiate out, you are affecting everyone who you're attached to, negatively or positively. You're affecting everyone in your community because when you change and regulate, other people want to be regulated too, and they come up to you. Right. Like yeah. your kids, Julie, yeah. they want to feel better. So they want to haven. You know, you've been teaching them all those. They want to feel better. Nobody wants to feel like they're Well, and they don't know why they feel the way that they feel. Like they, yeah. they just don't know. They just know that it's like they now duck and cover between mom and dad. Yeah. Like that, that's the point that my kids are at. They duck and cover. My 10-year-old, soon-to-be 10-year-old, talks about how um, she'll say to her siblings, stop, this is mom's house. Don't talk about that at mom's house. It's like, Rich, it's really okay, honey. Like, I promise I will hold a safe space here that Mm -hmm. anything that you guys want to talk about, you can bring up and talk about because it's not okay for you guys to have an edit button anywhere. Yeah. Like, it's Mm -hmm. it's okay. And- I'm like, Bridge, don't shame anybody. It's okay that they're feeling the way they feel and they want to talk about it. Yeah. Let's hold a safe space for them to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and the key first there is to regulate first and then she'll come up with those answers herself. Well, and she because- has, she's absolutely followed suit. Like each layer I do, then Bridget does. And then the other ones catch it too. It's been, That's, yeah. I gotta tell you, it's cool? absolutely fascinating. This whole healing process from trauma to I thought it was all gonna end at the divorce hell no it just started at the divorce (laughs) yeah because that's when that's when the unwinding happened yeah yeah the healing piece and that's something that we talk a lot about um with our charity parents against child sex abuse is you know you hear so much about like folks coming out with their trauma in their 20s and later in life and we are that big, was me. Big proponents of, hey, like start that healing process immediately if you're uncovering it with your child 
And then now talking with your work, Rita, it's like reducing that trauma timeline so they can just like continue on and learn how to, those tools and techniques to calm down their nervous system. Um, but I feel like there hasn't been enough conversation out there about healing, healing families. I see it with my friends who've gone through some divorces where their kids, the moms are like picking up the pieces because there's all this pent up tension while they were married. Um, and now I see them and I'm like, okay, like keep surrounding your child with support and love your resources. Um, I see some reservation from moms um, or parents putting their kids in therapy um, or feelings doctors, as we talk about in our family. And, you know, I tell my kiddo, gosh, I would have really loved a feelings doctor when I was a kid because I had some anger issues for my mom's divorce and then remarrying yeah. my stepdad. Um, and I look back and that makes me sad that mm. the way I was acting out to my half sisters, you know, that that wasn't so ideal. It wasn't so loving because I was, I didn't get the support that I needed. I mean, it was all like fine and I came out okay, but I had to work through my stuff with my own feelings, doctors in my twenties, you know? <laughs> and um, I just pray for everybody to embrace giving the kids the support that they need because if they're acting out, if there are symptoms of abuse, um, we really talk about it at PAX in terms of like leaning into the cues of your kid because as parents we're kind of shaped to think that this too shall pass. This is the chapter. Oh, they're getting into the it up and move on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a phase. It's a phase. And um, with the work that we do at the charity, like that drives me nuts because there can be some very clear indicators that there are things going on with your child that as parents, we have to dig into. And it's so easy yeah. to be caught up in our mom routines, our parent routines, get the kids out the door. And with more kids, Julie, God bless you, because I only have one. And this is me already a lot of attention with one child and I'm her, yeah. you know, um, for, oh my goodness, that's a lot to distribute and staying strong and being a, a role model for them. So it's a lot. So I really, um, God bless you for that because I can't imagine that's a lot of energy. Well, Alex and here's what I want to say to people who are watching. Yeah. People ask me all the time, how in the hell are you doing this? And it's because I've called in support. Right. I have finally said, Julie, you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah. It's okay. The, the biggest thing was I had to admit that my life wasn't perfect because to many people on the outside, it looked like the perfect dream. Mm -hmm. I own my own business. I live on the lakefront in Chicago and blah, blah. And I'm going, oh, by the way. Let's open this dirty bucket. And um, right. so, so it was just me getting past my perfectionist because, yes. you know, I have um, extended family that everything's surface orientated and we hid all the abuse that was going on underneath because this Catholic priest had his way with multiple family members from my aunts and uncles down to even me, the grandkid, the, the same priest got me that got other family members. Oh, my goodness. And um, so it was always like, you just shut it down and show up and you have this pretty face and you show up, you're done up and it doesn't matter what's going on underneath here. Yep. And then I married exactly that, same thing. The phrase in his house growing up was, what goes on in the house stays in the house. Ooh, toxicity central. 
Right. Well, we can, and- we can avoid a lot of, and, and this is the neat thing, we can avoid a lot of childhood traumas. You know, when I was four, I stood after my trauma in the little bathroom in, a, in this trailer, in a trailer park, and I said, I, I've got to do something for the rest of my life to make sure this doesn't happen to other children. And it comes down to when you teach children and empower them to calm themselves down in very effective ways, as fast as possible, then like with what happened with your kids, you had one of your daughters, Julie, say, oh no, I see what's happening. This is abuse. I remember oh, yeah. what you were talking I, about. Yeah. So when I, if I could share that with people. So I, first yeah. I had to admit that it wasn't perfect, but then I started, I was really uncomfortable with different decisions that my ex was making in his house of letting my daughters spend the night at the neighbors at the neighborhood he just moved into. Mm. I'm like, wait, 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 they're four and six years old. Why are you letting them stay over at these new people's houses? Like yeah. I was super sensitive to that. So I had decided, okay, accept what arises. I'm like, okay, it's his house. He gets to make the rules. I can't really change it. He has a different opinion than me. So I decided to sit my children down and give them the sex talk way earlier than I ever expected. And I literally told my daughter going, it'll be somebody that you know. It will be somebody who says, let's keep it as our secret and let's not tell anyone. And literally when this happened to my son, my daughter said, mom, cause she walked in on it. Okay. And she said, she said everything you said to me, mom. She said, and it was, it was somebody they knew. That's it right. was ex's girlfriend's daughter. Yep. Because girls do it too. Yep. And so she said, let's keep it our secret. Let's not tell anyone. She goes, mom, she said the exact phrases you told me. Wow. So you're right. Like this is how we can avoid the traumas. And, and Tanya, to your point, the beauty that came out of all of that is that my kids then were required by law to then force to go into therapy, which I had been trying to get them in, but I couldn't, I was told wow. that the legal system, I was not allowed to choose a therapist without the consent of my ex. I have heard this, Julie. I have heard. I'm like consent of my ex going, we don't agree on anything. How? And you you get there by being honest and allowing the natural things to unfold. So when I was in the, when I was in the, you know, dealing with the the drama Sunday night, you know, I was very clear about my role, which was to not interfere, keep a very level space and allow it to unfold. Because when we interfere or we enable things or try to, you know, sweep things underneath the rug, the natural consequences don't happen. And so then they don't get caught. You know, you recognize this was possible, so it needed to be addressed and it was able to be stopped fast. And your daughter was able to stay level enough, centered enough when she was anxious to be able to tell you that this would happen. I didn't tell anybody until I was, you know, I didn't tell my mom until I was in my 20s, you know? from incidents that had happened multiple times over, you know, my adolescence. So when we teach kids exactly what to do, when they feel nauseous, when their heart hurts, 
when they've got a pounding headache, when they feel scared, when they want to run, when we teach them what to physically feel for, as soon as you do it, you can do this thing. You can do havening. I know you've done havening, worked with havening with your kids a ton and they love it. Everybody loves it because it feels like a hug and havening is not mine. It's a high end trauma tool, but it's just one of many tools that work. Yep. And it's so interesting in how once you teach it to your children, then they actually just do it. Like I walked into a room one day and I saw my son going like this. <laughs> and I was like, all right, he's working something through. Yeah, there you like, go. And that's good because they then instinctually will go to the stuff that makes them feel better. Yeah. And you don't even realize that that's actually even happening, but it, it, it's the reinforcement. And it's just, it's been fascinating to me. It's like, I wanted to say like, stay in your lane and do your work as your, as the parent, because your work will impact their behaviors and then they will heal from that as well. But yes, we feel like it's like the whole, self. yeah, have it's to- like the whole oxygen mask, like put yours on first yeah. in the airplane. Exactly. Then, and I have found that that has been the most effective way for me to shift and help my children. Yes. Is read that I had a whole scenario. Doesn't it come back to like just that concept of like our kids pick up our energy, yeah. right? So like my husband now we're big travelers and we take our kid everywhere with us and we started like I started traveling international very young because my parents are from different countries. So it was very natural to me. My husband is a totally different scenario. But we we kind of started recognizing that we'd go on these big vacations and we'd see the mom having a meltdown and like the kids really like stressing out the kids. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, I just want to like help her and be like, if you remain calm, you know, your kids will remain calm during this like airport experience that's hectic and it's like, you know, a mess or whatever's going on. And I really started observing that and rec- not that I'm like this perfect model of a parent by any means, but I've always been a really self-aware person and then continue to work on my awareness. So now I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty high on the t- too much. Now I'm picking up other right. people's stuff. I'm like, oh, like that antenna, like Rita was explaining. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm good. But it's, <laughs> I just want to really empower to your point, Julie, like if we work on our stuff, because I've had, I've been traumatized myself through, through other trauma and yeah, it's like such a good reminder to all of us as parents to be like, we work on our stuff too. It only helps your children. If you invest in yourself and go into therapy and getting the support that you need by working with someone like Rita, you can teach those tools down to your kid. So for me, I tell my child, um, cause I'm like a mama bear, want to take care of my daughter. And finally it gets to, I got to a point where I was like, I can only give you so much as a mom, which is a lot. Cause you're my only child and you're getting a lot of mom. <laughs> happily happily but you got to work on your stuff too girlfriend there's stuff that you got to work here are the tools and she, like kind of that concept of taking responsibility for yourself like I empowerment all the safety in the world i can't bring all of your happiness in the world well and here tanya if i can't say like that's a big part that was another piece in this whole process for me is that it's not always a hundred percent the other person yeah like there was a lot of part of me that want to be like, well, he's not doing this as a dad. Or da, 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 da. Like, no, you are a 50% participant because we are the creators of our own lives. Of course. 
So what are you choosing to create? That's where, you know, one of my coaches said to me, Julie, the days of the fighting Irish are over for you. Like stop fighting. And, and I was just like, it's exhausting, Julie. Well, it is. But when you have learned to fight your way through life because of your childhood traumas and your childhood experiences, it's the only way you know how to scrap. That's how I built a business. Yeah, people you're right. When I was 22 years old, people were like, how the hell do you know how to? I'm like, well, I'm not going back to eat fried bologna and macaroni and cheese like I did. I'm like, don't no, I'm going to build my own empire and my own, like that fight got yeah. me there. So it was like- 100%, yep. And it's like, it served so well up to a certain point. But then this is why I think so many women are hitting glass ceilings because we- fight and we got there and we we don't break through that glass ceiling whether it's in your relationships or your careers or whatever because the same things that got you to the glass ceiling are not going to get you through the grass ceiling. yes there was this there was this woman and i thought she was crazy at the time when i started my practice like 17 years ago as a body worker and a coach and an emotional healer um, i'm not a therapist purposely because um <laughs> i i want to surround myself with people who aren't as just you know who i don't want like sundays <laughs> i'm yeah. like no call your therapist this is not that you're me. not an lcsw that is not correct you, okay got it good to know okay yep i'm i'm not a therapist but i am um an asian medicine uh body mind practitioner so okay. i work with asian medicine okay. i work with emotional healing um i work with shamanism and, uh, and I do shiatsu massage as, as part of the whole thing. But I don't want to be in the therapy space because that is so tied down to the old ways that take decades. And I want the ways that work faster, that are more flexible, and yeah. don't have to you know, wait for politicians to change all the rules. It I have no time for that. So, but when I started my practice, there was this woman, I was volunteering at a, at a spiritual center. This woman who came in to me, she said, she said, I want to be the type of healer that as soon as I walk into a room and um, as soon as I walk into a room, I want everybody to heal, you know, or I want healing to start happening. And I thought that's crap. You know, what do you, what do you mean? You can walk into a room and people heal. 17 years later, I realized that that's exactly what happened. Yep. When we're in alignment, when we create an environment and a space for ourselves that makes us feel good, then that vibration, literally, physically, is, is picked up by everybody around us. And it entrains them to that higher level of thinking, to that regulation, that centeredness. So you literally, by healing yourself, are able to heal everyone else or encourage their healing everybody else around you just by staying centered yourself the best healing is when your vibe triggers someone else's alignment well and i and i just want to say and because i know um we're running up here on the hour but um tanya thanks for joining us it brings a whole other different dimension at dimensionality dimensionality (laughs) another dimension to the conversation because this sector of relationships with the kids yes is super important because there are many many women whether your kids are still young or if they're grown there is healing to be had 
And the three of us have an awful lot of knowledge um, that we can share. Yeah, we're like the um, trifecta. We're really powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're welcome to come back next week if you want. Like absolutely, like our own version of the View, which is. (laughs) I think it's great with you, ladies. I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, I'm in. Good. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Because well, everybody, thanks so much. Thank All right. Take care. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.